Coming up on The Bridge, Joe Thomas, CEO and co-founder of Loom, joins the show to talk about how Joe and his team have scaled Loom to over 21 million active users and his decision to hold on monetizing Loom until the third year the company was in operation, as well as why founders should think about using activation and usage as their true North Star and success metric. And then we touch on the earned insight that led the Loom team to actually go more horizontal in building their solution out uh, versus taking a vertical approach, focusing on a vertical like sales or CS and how that's paid dividends for them down the road. And then lastly, we rounded out talking about how Loom is planning to use generative AI to improve the video collaboration experience and how it plans to use that to leapfrog its competitors. Really awesome interview with Joe. It was awesome catching up with him a couple of weeks back. Uh, he's you know incredible team, incredible founder, and I uh, have been a big fan of the Loom product. If you were looking for a more efficient way to collaborate, capture, and engage around video online with your teams, check out Loom.com. All right. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Yep. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs. Assassin's state of mind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs. Assassin's state of mind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin's state of mind. They say money over everything. I'm here with my good friend, Joe Thomas, CEO and co-founder of Loom. Joe, yes, sir. good to connect with you, man. It's, it's always good to connect. All right. For, uh, for the listeners out there, I wanted to just start, maybe Joe, if you could give just a quick intro, share a bit about your background and it. I love the Loom product, but for those that don't know much about the Loom product, I'd love for you maybe to share the founding story behind Loom. Totally. So quick, quick personal background on myself. Born and raised in the Midwest, hightailed it out to California post-college, was a product manager by trade, and uh, then met my two co-founders for Loom and designer by trade for one of them, engineer by trade for the other one, and we just decided to start working and moonlighting on projects together. And uh, we all had to bring three ideas to the board. One of them, one of the nine was essentially video at work. And we had different applications of it. We had two major pivots in the early days, but ultimately over the course of nine months, we listened to our customers each turn and uh, Occam's razor, which is like the simplest solution is usually the right one, is that we backed our way into a day-to-day video messaging recorder for work. And it allows you to very simply record your screen, a camera bubble and your audio. And the magic of it in the early days for Loom, besides some user experience was that we made the videos render instantaneously. So right when you're done recording, you have a URL that you can share with anybody anywhere. And it took something that used to take 15 minutes and reduced it to a few seconds. And through that reduction in friction, we uh, realized that this was a day-to-day communication tool for everybody at work. That's our ambition is that whether you're an IC engineer or you're a CEO of a publicly traded company, 
you can use Loon to help you communicate more effectively in your day-to-day work. Y'all have scaled to over 21 million users, which is freaking insane. Thinking back to the first year, how did you guys think about acquiring Loon's first 10 paying customers? And then who was the ICP in the early days? Because I feel like we were OG users of the product early, early days, but curious to hear about the the first 10 customers and then what was the ICP that y'all focused on? Yeah. So it's funny because you ask about paid customers when you talk about ICP and Loom had a somewhat unique journey in that we didn't monetize until we were over three years post launch of the products. And the reason for that is a couple. One is that when we did launch in June of 2016, we ran a survey within the first 30 days to understand who was using it. What were they using it for? And it was company size. It was role type. It was unique questions like, are you on a remote or distributed team as like curiosity questions. And the, the responses that we got back from the survey was even in the first 30 days, we were hyper horizontal in nature. We had some people who were using us for personal, some people who were using us in education, but we were really, we always knew that we were trying to build a B2B SaaS application. We wanted to build for people at work. And when we sliced out to that profile of individuals, it was like 25% sales, 25% marketing, 15% engineers, 15% designers, 15% product managers. And so, you know, and the, and the long tail goes on and on. And so we had decided about you know, it took us a little bit to process that data, but a couple months in, we had talked to our pre-seed investors and we decided that we weren't going to build Loom verticalized for sales. You know, we could have built a subset of features. We could have really targeted them and gone after that vertical, maybe sold to Salesforce after a couple of years. But we felt like we had found an earned secret and that we wanted to build a horizontal communication collaboration app. And so the reason that I talk about paid customers and why that ICP information is important is because the next three years, we dedicated one video infrastructure. We're a lean, scrappy team, you know, under 10 people for the first couple of years. And all of our engineering resources were focused on video infrastructure. And then the other thing that we were focused on is proving as we were de-risking Loom is how can we drive an activation rate of users is that you're going to prove that you can be a horizontal communication and collaboration tool. You need to show that you could take your activation rate from 5% to 10% to 15% and beyond. And unless you could prove activation rate, then people will pay you yep. or you'll have a leaky funnel and bucket. And so that was essentially the first three years. And then we finally started monetizing in January of 2019. And then from there, we could talk about paid customers and I can get into that, but that's crazy journey, man. Cause I remember, yeah, even just when we were talking about what are the, the hooks into Slack, what is the flow of work experience for Lou? Where does, how does this fit into the employee's work day? Yep. And I just feel like that you built such a killer product that just had network effects baked into it that made yeah. it just stick and, and roll. But I'm sure looking back now, it's easier said than done. No, no, there was a lot of iteration that went into that. Let me touch um, on that part a little bit, which is two things. One is I always give a shout out to Reforge Growth Academy because if we didn't have some of those structured programs and classes that helped us create shared language around, well, what does it mean to work on activation? What metrics should we yeah. focus on? 
And how do you determine how to accelerate the flywheel overall? Because Loom was incredibly fortunate. We're a product-led growth company that the core value that we offer is that somebody creates content with our products, but to get value out of it, you have to share it with somebody else. Yep. Right? And that's the inherent virality of Loom. And so while I can't say that we've definitively cracked network effects, we have a hyper-viral product and that's been the for growth engine for Loom yeah. today. So shifting gears a little bit, I'd love to get your perspective on where you see the video recording and collaboration space evolving in the coming years and more about how you see Loom embracing AI and defining your category. Yeah, there's a really great blog post on Scale AI's blog that's titled Text is the Universal Interface. And we've actually always believe that because we've provided a transcript for every single loom for the last two and a half years at this point. And uh, now that we have a transcript for every loom, well, a lot of the innovations within AI have been in these text-oriented large language models. So if we have a transcript for every video, then the, it's quality of life improvements. It's essentially GPT wrapper features. So every single loom that's recorded it should be auto-titled. There should be a summary. There should be chapters. If there's action items within it or due dates, there's a lot of things that we can do to essentially auto-package every single loom that's recorded on our platform. And the quality of life tagline for it was actually from one of our users that has these features at this point. And so I think that that's a lot of AI strategy right now for a lot of companies is how can you make your products and your offering significantly better with essentially no additional effort on the end users. That is extremely valuable. I think for Loom, what's interesting is that we're a video-oriented product and the ecosystem around video AI as we sit here today is not as far along as text-based AI. And so we're working on things like cam avatar and voice avatar and edit via transcripts because the biggest pain point for people recording with Loom is that I have to re-record because I stumbled or I lost my train of thought. And so can you make it dead simple for them to just delete a certain sentence and then retype something that they want to say? And so we think that that's the second pillar, which is call it generative AI, but more in the editing of an existing loom. And then there's a third pillar that I would say is more of leapfrog opportunities. So if we have both of those initial pillars, you know, can we get to things like a zero to one and you click a button and you get a loom because we already have cam and voice avatars. So our mission statement is to empower effective communication via video messages at work. And empowering effective communication is not just about a creator encoding knowledge. It's also about a viewer and their preference for consuming knowledge yeah. as well. Yeah. And so if you can essentially have a document that you're sending out and then one click to generate a two to three minute summary loom from Justin or from whomever, and give the option to the viewer to consume how they want, and that's empowering effective communication. So there's the like leapfrog opportunities. Then one of the other more specific things that we're looking at is, you know, record one loom and then send out personalized looms to many individuals. So you can do variable swaps. You can hook into their customer relationship manager software, their CRM, and you record one because a lot of times looms are like 90% the same if you're using it for sales or success yeah. or recruiting outreach. And so can you just make it personalized at scale? 
And uh, we think that these are all really, really exciting opportunities to enable video to deliver on the holistic potential value top that video can and should deliver to the workplace. We know video is preferred in the consumer landscape. That's why we started Lou. It is the predominant form of consumption within a consumer. So how do we enable that to be a way to consume information at work by default? I can see some really cool use cases for you use the CRM and sales use case, but I feel like we did so much around customer enablement too, when we were onboarding clients and creating, I mean, we were using Webflow to create personalized onboarding tools and shit like that, where you could just see at scale if you're onboarding, I mean, especially for PLG products, doing something more custom and personalized to get customers through the funnel and using your product more effectively. Like there's so many really interesting use cases, I feel like for what you guys are doing. Exactly. And I think one of the things that's been a core tenant of Loom, like I talked about in the early days of what we saw for is that friction of like what took 15 minutes only takes a few seconds. So we're always going to keep that principle of performance on the product experience. So you could imagine that if we do crack this, yeah. where you could generate a video on the fly of a user signs up and only a few seconds later, they get a personalized video. It feels a little bit is it uncanny valley to have that sort of like personalized video show up within five seconds? Like, yeah. do you trust it? But at the end of the day, what we see that humans respond to, even from an AI perspective, is that it's strange, but Greg Grockman was talking about, he's the CTO of OpenAI, is that AI is good enough today that people are forming real relationships from like a neurological perspective mm -hmm. with these AI chatbots. Yeah. It's like it's reached the threshold of authenticity that we feel an attachment to them. So if you can provide that human level concierge service with a video, like Justin gets a personalized loom five seconds after he signs up, yeah. we think that that's fairly transformed. So first of all, thank you of for course. making the time to connect and spend Dude, like course. many, many years, not many years, but a couple of years. I just wanted to know what's next for loom and then anything else that you want to plug. I really do. Like I was sitting at a dinner last week and I got the same question and I said AI, which is like what we just <laughs> talked about. And it is genuine because I, I do think it goes back to that tagline that we got from customers. It's like quality of life improvements. And it is solving the number one pay points for our creators of like having to re-record. And it does unlock the potential of video delivering on its fullest potential relative to what we've seen in the consumer landscape, which is always our belief. So we're really, really excited about that. And I also think that there's this exciting moment in time where obviously there's interesting counter pressures in both directions. But one of the things that we love as founders and entrepreneurs and builders is like the early days of startup culture building. And I think that that's where can you build a truly transformative business and company while not having to blow up headcount. So. I think that one of the things that I'm excited about over the coming years is we have a relatively small team of 170 people. Do we need to grow headcount meaningfully over the next couple of years? And do we get to keep a really tight knit and small crew of individuals that just want to build together? Like, I, I think that that's another thing that I'm looking forward to in the next couple of years. All right, that's a wrap. Again, shout out to my good friend, Mr. Joe Thomas and the entire team at Loom. It's been awesome watching them grow over the years. Now, more than 21 million people across 200,000 companies 
using Loom every day to collaborate via video. That's companies like Brex, Amazon, Apple, Asana, HubSpot, Ford. Those are some insane logos. So if you are a team looking for a better way to collaborate on video, check out loom.com. All right, this week on the show, we haven't done a whole ton in the security sector. So we've got an exceptional founder coming on at a growth stage company that's been absolutely crushing it in the security sector for some time now uh, with some really great insights from not only going from zero to one, but one to 10 and then 10 to 100. So you're going to want to tune into that. In the meantime, again, this might be your first time checking out the show. You know, if you're a founder raising your first check, hiring your first employer, selling your company, strongly encourage you to take the bridge, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. And then also be sure to follow us on the X and TikTok at the bridge round. In the meantime, again, appreciate everyone tuning in every week. Keep doing your thing, keep hustling, keep grinding. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything, everything, Asian again. Shopping for a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny, pocket change. One phone.